seems like the time of year when it's just neither cool nor hot, no matter where you go, you're just always hot. That's the way I am anyway. I don't know about you. So um, I, don't, uh, I don't mind shedding the coat if I absolutely have to. Uh, that's a good thing. Uh, James chapter 3, and uh, let's look together at verses 7 and 8. We are studying and continuing together on our um, subject of taming the tongue, different areas concerning the tongue. The Bible tells us, For every kind of beast, and of birds, and of serpents, and of things in the sea is tamed, and hath been tamed of mankind, but the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. We've talked already thus far, and I'm reviewing with you here, but men can tame animals, uh, but they cannot tame the tongue. Uh, men can even control the life of that of, a, uh, uh, of plants, but they, you cannot tame the tongue. Miss um, uh, Anderson and I were just talking about a plant that had died that she brought back to life, okay? And uh, with a little bit of care, sometimes you can bring uh, care for uh, that which is sick, care for that which is dying. Uh, but when we consider the tongue itself, it's something that in our flesh we cannot tame on our own. And um, uh, turn with me to James chapter 1 and verse 26. James 1 verse 26, just a few pages over. Word of God says, If any man among you seem to be religious, and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction, and to keep himself unspotted from the world. And so the Bible tells us that our service to God is worthless, it's empty, it serves no purpose when we've not tamed the tongue. We talked about um, uh, different areas this far last week was that of being an encourager, using our tongue in a positive way in that sense. Um, uh, the, tonight I want to talk to you about the subject of lying. Lying. Uh, you know, we consider uh, somebody that we call a liar uh, or somebody who lies uh, what does that classify somebody as a liar? Do they have to tell a number of, certain number of lies? Are we talking, you know, 10 lies, 12 lies? Are we talking hundreds of lies, thousands of lies? At what point does a person become a liar? The truth of the matter is, in the society we live today, uh, this, is, this lying has just become a part of a common everyday way of living. We accept it as normal to assert a small little, little white lie or to stretch the truth beyond that which is in actuality of what it is. And um, uh, in, in no sense of the way is sin in the Word of God ever found to be anything other, uh, is lying found to be anything other than sin. Lying is sin. And the Bible tells us uh, just that. Um, there's an old proverb that, uh, that was written by Sir Walter Scott. He's a historian and novelist. And he states this, Oh, what a tangled web we weave when first we practice to deceive. We've heard that. We've said it. And um, uh, boy, listen to these statistics of a recent study uh, concerning the matter of lying. 91% of all Americans confessed that they regularly lied. 79% uh, have given out false phone numbers or invented new identities uh, when meeting strangers on airplanes. 21% uh, of Americans, that's one out of every five, admitted that they couldn't get enough uh, or they couldn't get through even one day without going along with a previously manufactured lie. And uh, the, the survey revealed that uh, we lie about what we lie about the most. And um, uh, we, the truth of the matter is, and it's, it's ironic, but the first would be our weight. Uh, the second would be um, concerning money. And the third, uh, for, from these statistics, would be the 
age, our age. And, uh, you know, sometimes we don't think, well, for me to be dishonest, for me to not be truthful about these things is, uh, is, is not so much of a wrong thing. But when it's not containing complete truth, that is, it's not given with a sense of uh, being honest, with, an, uh, with a heart of being genuine, uh, that's when it becomes wrong. Uh, let me tell you, there are things, you know, if somebody walks up to you and says, how old are you, okay? You are not necessarily obligated to tell them uh, their straightforward age, but you aren't, as a Christian, uh, to be telling them something that's not true, okay? You don't have to always give, in, the, in, in a case such as this, you don't have to give all the details of your life, okay? I'm not saying you, oh, well, Pastor Miller said you, you don't have to tell the complete truth. You can get away with saying some. No, uh, let's not tear this apart too much more than it needs to be, all right? The point is, are you being genuine? Are you being honest in that which is truthful concerning um, uh, yourself? Uh, some people not only just are speakers of lies, but uh, uh, they're living lies. Uh, it's, I don't know how um, some people do it, but truthfully, some people can live their entire lives on a lie, you know? Um, uh, we, uh, how can we not think of something like um, that which happened here in town with the Norfolk Transit and this fellow who ran off with all this, you know, hundreds and hundreds of dollars, thousands even, and, um, you know, uh, the rest of his life, he's going to be living on a lie. You know, I, I just can't imagine, you know, you have a family, you're living on, you're living on this this just all, where, where did all this come from? How do you come to this point in life? But, but the point is, is that society and people today, and even Christians, have concluded that it's okay, it's acceptable to lie about some things, to live dishonestly in some areas. We make exceptions for ourselves, and we kind of cookie-cut out uh, what we don't want to be honest about and what we are being truthful about. And the thing about it is, is we have to remember that uh, all things are out in the open before God. There's nothing that God does not know. There's nothing we can truthfully ever lie about in the, in the face of God, uh, in the eyes of God. We can be dishonest in that which we say to God, but God knows truly where our heart is, and God knows the truth of it all. And remember, um, we, we trace all the way back um, to the Garden of Eden, and uh, uh, what was asked to Adam, you know, uh, did, did you eat of this tree? Did you eat of that fruit? And... Uh, uh, well, it wasn't me. I didn't do it. Right? Uh, there, was, there was really everything other than the truth that was being found. And um, uh, oh, that we would be believers that would so tame our tongue through the power of God uh, that we are not so drawn, quickly drawn, easily drawn, commonly drawn to dishonesty in the words which we use and uh, the things which we say concerning ourselves or even for that matter of others. Um, we know Exodus 20, where we find uh, the, the Ten Commandments given to us in the Word of God. The Bible tells us, Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Um, it is lying that often precedes or leads to other sins in your life. When you begin with a lie, you're finding yourself carrying another lie and another lie. And, you know, I wish I could say that I didn't know as many people, but I think we all can say we know people that as a result of one lie, it continued on, and, as, and it's torn apart families, it's torn apart marriages, it tears apart relationships, and uh, not just relationships on this earth, but even the relationship with God, uh, all as a result of just a few lies. And um, 
uh, you know, uh, I can, uh, we, could, we could be here if we were sitting and talking about people, which we're not, but I could share with you story after story of family and friends of people that I know that have just had their whole lives completely shaped different as a result of dishonesty, as a result of cho making choices in life based and founding it upon lies. Now, of course, we know um, as we read in the Word of God, be sure your sins will find you out. You may think that others may not know the truth. God knows the truth. The truth will come out at some point. And uh, at the very least, we talked about vengeance. God will bring his judgment upon you at some point. And if it's not in heaven, it will be upon this earth. But uh, you can't expect, and none of us can expect, God to take sin any more light, or sin, lying any more lightly than any other sin which we can commit upon this earth. It in its very essence is sin. We tell the kids, and we'll be telling them this week, it's sin that separates us from God. Sin is anything that we think, anything we say, anything that we do that uh, um, uh, breaks God's law, that goes against God's word. And uh, we don't, we, the Bible tells us God is not a liar. God, God is not the father of lies. In fact, we find that characteristic to be of Satan instead. And uh, uh, so in the very same way, we should not be uh, letting ourselves be defined as one uh, who's anything less than a person of integrity, a person of honesty, a person of genuineness, uh, and not one of hypocrisy, uh, who's living uh, maybe a double life or, or living uh, our life founded upon uh, false things. Uh, why is it that people lie? Some lie habitually to make themselves appear better than they are, uh, thinking that telling an untruth will shine in a more positive light upon themselves. Um, some lie strategically when that in order and, and because they think it will benefit themselves in some way. Uh, some lie when they think it will bring harm to somebody else. Uh, they, some lie in vain to uh, attempt to lessen the hurt others may receive uh, from hearing the truth. And, it, and as we've already said, while there may be many human justifications for lying, it's always wrong in the eyes of God. The Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 6, let's turn there together. Proverbs 6 and verse number 16, the Word of God tells us of those things which God hates. Uh, the, there are, there are um, we, here we find among this list a lying tongue and that its associations being that, which, that, that of many other abominations in the eyes of God. Proverbs 6 and verse 16, the Bible says, These six, six things doth the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him, a proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, an heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift and running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. We find murder itself in direct association and connection with uh, the abomination of these sins in the eyes of God. Uh, again, may we not be so guilty of saying, well, I'm not murdering somebody. I'm just being a little bit dishonest in this area. No, at the end of the day, it is sin. Sin is sin. Uh, it was just this week that I was talking with someone who said, well, Pastor, I just... I just don't see how that I could come to church. I don't feel comfortable in church. I don't feel uh, how that I can ever be acceptable uh, before God because of all of my sin, all the things that I've done, all my past life that I've done. Uh, how can I really move on from that? And the answer to that is, first of all, God forgives and praise the Lord for that. Amen? Yeah. But secondly, in the eyes of God, sin is sin. 
God does not look at sin and say, oh, uh, the murderers are going to get this much more punishment than the liars. No, lying is just as much sin as murder. Are there different areas of punishment that come as a result of, of those sins in our society today, in our government system? Absolutely. Uh, are, there, are there things that have a greater result and can harm people much further that are sins? Absolutely, and murder will definitely most be in those. But let us understand today, or this evening, that sin is sin in the eyes of God. And it does not justify the believer to be uh, anything less uh, than truthful. And so, uh, what happens when we lie? I'll give you a few things here this evening. Uh, number one, our conscience loses discernment. Our conscience loses discernment. We know uh, King David, where did all of it begin before he ended up murdering Uriah or setting it up that he would be murdered? Uh, it began with a lie. It began with a lie. And it continued with a lie. And uh, eventually, now he's living a lie and thinking he's got away with his lie. And uh, God sends Nathan the prophet and says, Thou art the man. And boy, sometimes God sends uh, the preacher. God sends um, a passage of scripture along our path that would speak to us, that would convict us, that would point to us and say, It's you, it's this area of your life. And the question is, do we respond to the word of God uh, as, um, as God tells us to in the area of getting our sin right, <laughs> taming the tongue, letting God control our life? And so your conscience can lose that discernment. 1 Timothy 4, we know the verse, I will quote it to you. Uh, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a what? Hot iron. We can scar, we can sear ourselves from even realizing that uh, we're even doing it anymore. And catch what was said, speaking lies in hypocrisy. Hypocrisy can be that which is lived out as well as that which is spoken. And this is uh, that which is uh, being said of an individual that continues to do these things over and over and over and over, now they don't even realize it's wrong. We can, we can uh, lose discernment. We, there, there's no longer, the filter that's there is no longer serving its, uh, its purpose. You know? um, it, it's like a filter in, in uh, uh, your furnace or in your air conditioning uh, unit. You, know, you need to replace it every so many months, depending on how fancy of one that you bought. Right? And um, uh, you leave it there, it's going to gradually keep building up and building up, and eventually your, your fan's going to be working a lot harder, and you might have a motor go out somewhere, you might have something else that goes out as a result of it, and uh, because of the, that, the work that's being, that's being pushed for it to do, and yet all the while knowing that which should be done to fix the problem, okay? Uh, this is as the believer, we can uh, lose the purposeful filter that should be within our life. And what is that filter? Well, when it comes into our mind, down to our heart, and into our life, it's, as we talked about this morning, the Holy Spirit, it's Christ that is that filter. We're letting the Holy Spirit work through us and say, you know what, let's be truthful, let's be honest in this area. Let's, let's, let's speak the truth here. You, you know what you should do. You know what you shouldn't do in this way. Let's, this is the proper response. And when we ignore that, and we continue to ignore that, um, boy, we place ourselves in a dangerous position. In Romans chapter 1, the Bible tells us of those to whom God gave up to a reprobate mind. Uh, you know, I believe there is a point in, at a, a, there is a certain point 
that a Christian believer, as we read of in Romans 1 of the Christians, there is a point that a Christian believer can so continually sin and sin and sin in the eyes of God that at a certain point God just says, you know what, I'm no longer going to chasten you. There's nothing more I can do for you until you turn to me and soften your heart. I've given you up to a reprobate mind. That's what we read of in Scripture. And we can see our own conscience uh, as you read of those in the book of Romans. Uh, they did those things which were not even natural. Uh, those things which, which logically, biologically, didn't even make sense. Uh, but now they, they're so, sin had so become considered normal. A normal way of living. And it should not be the case of the believer. It should not be the case of of Community Bible Church, of our church, that we would uh, let ourselves lose that discernment, lose that filter. The Bible tells us that we can grieve the Holy Spirit. In fact, we're instructed to grieve not the Holy Spirit. And it's lying that does just that. So, number one, your conscience loses discernment, but number two, you ruin your reputation. In Proverbs 21 and verse 1, another verse we're familiar with, a good name is rather be chosen than what? Great riches and loving favor rather than silver and gold. John D. Rockefeller said, I have made many millions, but they have brought me no happiness. Andrew Carnegie said, millionaires seldom smile. Henry Ford, after all the success he had in his life, said he was happier when he was doing a mechanic's job. Rather than making all the money, which he did. You know, we can be so consumed. The point is this. We can be so consumed in everything other than a reputation that is of God. A reputation in which God sees us. You know, lying is contrary to the very character of God. The Apostle Paul uh, even stated that it is an essential trait of God, that he tells the truth. You look at Titus and read the book of Titus, Titus chapter 1. The Bible tells us, again, God cannot lie. And so, in the very same way, as a Christian believer, lying should never be the option. Nothing, anything more than honesty should be that of a believer. Um, boy, in, integrity is something and trust is something that can take so long to build up, but can be so quickly and so easily lost. May the reputation of we as believers not be lost as a result of the choice to live dishonesty, to live with lies in our life. And, um, you know, be careful as a believer that you don't conclude that a another individual is a liar, <laughs> unless you know the absolute truth. Uh, you know, we, we talk all the connections of these things, of taming the tongue. It, we find ourselves, if we are concluding someone else, I believe they're lying to me, well, be careful not to be the judge, okay? You may, there may be all the marks for it, truthfully, but uh, be careful that you leave the judgment up to God. And uh, don't try to put them in their place as a result. Don't try to, to call them out. Uh, with God, God will take care of it. Uh, God, it's, there, there is no sense of the way is sin ever acceptable in the eyes of God. And by the way, sin will always separate us from God. Uh, an individual that continues in lies will only find themselves further and further away from Christ. That's just the end result of sin. That's what sin does. And so you ruin your reputation. Number two, you lose the power to overcome the enemy. You lose the power to overcome the enemy. Turn with me to Joshua chapter 7, if you would. Joshua 7. 
In Proverbs 19, in verse 9, the Bible says, A false witness shall not be unpunished, and he that speaketh lies shall perish. There's a promise from God. God will take care of those uh, who live in lies. God will punish the liar. In Joshua chapter 7, we read about Achan and the sin of Achan. The Bible says, And they returned to Joshua and said, Let all, not all the people go up, but let about two or three thousand men go up and smite Ai, and make not all the people to labor thither, for they are but few. Here we find the army of Israel had lost their power as a result of Achan's lie. Remember, they themselves had become a little bit uh, overconfident about who they were. Oh, we don't need the whole army. We, we, we got this. And all the while, we're seeing the evidence of their own hearts had been filled with pride as well as Achan's was now living a lie. Uh, you lose the power of God to overcome the enemy. They, they lost this battle. <laughs> Even after the great, some much greater victories. This should have been a very feasible battle to win. But I say to you, it was a result of lying sin in the camp. And um, may it not be said of Community Bible Church that the victories are not won as a result of sin which exists in the camp. The Bible tells us we lose the power to overcome the enemy. Satan will always, always seek to attack the believer. We've talked about that these past few weeks. If you're living for God to any capacity, uh, Satan will be after you. He's got a target on your back. <laughs> He's coming for you. He'll do everything he can to disrupt, to distract, to frustrate you. To pull the foundation of your faith out from under you. He can't remove your salvation, but he can cause, uh, he, can, he can tempt you. And as a result, you're finding yourself falling into sin. And so, uh, you can lose the power to overcome the enemy. In John chapter 8 and verse 44, the Bible says, Ye are of the Father, uh, the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. Consider this for a moment. We know this of Satan, but there is no truth in him. Uh, why? Because when he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. There is no truth. Okay, what do we know of God? That he has nothing but truth. <laughs> this should characterize the believer just the same. We're, we are to be people that are known of truth. We're not known as lies <laughs> of hypocrisy. Um, dishonesty, uh, ungenuineness. Um, boy, you know, when, when we talk about living a lie or uh, living in hypocrisy of a lie, when we, when we can have bitterness in our heart towards an individual and, and uh, we treat them as though there's, there's nothing wrong when in reality there is. Truthfully, that's living a lie. There's a problem we have with them. I actually hate their guts, but hi, how are you? You know, it's good to see you. Yes, we, we should be friendly. We've talked about that. We should encourage others. But if we truly give in a situation to God, as we talked about this morning, we've cast it before Jesus. We said, God, you're going to take care of it. Vengeance is mine. I will repay. It's all in your hands. So if we are truly believing that God's in the situation, there's not going to be anything there between us and a relationship with another person. Know how easy it can happen. Um, be careful that you're nothing more than genuine. This is who I am as a result of my relationship with God. Um, we may not be two-faced. We're living in open sin on one side and on another, while that is the case for some. 
but could it be that we're just not living genuinely honestly, genuinely and honestly in our relationships with other people? That is, we're putting up a front so that we appear to be a person of all smiles with them, but there's much, much more going on in our own heart and our life. Um, you know, what, what a difference, uh, in the end, what a difference the truth always makes. Amen? When we live in truth, when we trust in God who is truth, <laughs> the Bible tells us that he is the way, the truth, and the life, okay? When we believe that he is all and everything that we need, and we base our life upon that, uh, the, the result is blessings from Christ. But when we choose not to, we lose his own protection. We lose that power. We no longer have, uh, we no longer can expect even the Holy Spirit's power to enable us to overcome the enemy. So, you, your conscience loses discernment. You ruin your reputation. You lose the power to overcome the enemy. Uh, number four, you lose all peace. You lose all peace. In Joshua 7, you're still there, verse 4. The Bible says, So there went up thither of the people about 3,000 men, and they fled before the men of Ai, and the men of Ai smote them. Uh, in John chapter 14, verse 27, the Bible says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Why did the children of Israel not have peace? Well, it's because of this lie because of this sin. And um, sometimes we think that we can make a situation more peaceful, more calm, more comfortable for ourselves with just, just a little bit of dishonesty. Uh, but there's nothing, there's no true peace compared to that which can be found in Christ. Amen? The, the peace which comes from God and God alone. Number five, your prayers become secondary. Your prayers become secondary. In John chapter 7 and verse, or, or Joshua 7 and verse 6, the Bible says, And Joshua rent his clothes and fell to the, the earth upon his face before the ark of the Lord until the eventide. This is how it should have begun from the very, very beginning. He should have begun in prayer. Rather, the prayer came after. And um, the Bible tells us, Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, Ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Do our, that our prayers would come first. We talked about prayer this morning already. Um, the prayers become secondary when, when we start living on lies, living on that which is not truth. Because now we can't depend upon God who is truth because we're not living in truth ourselves. And neither can we expect anything from him just the same. Number six, you lose the blessings from God. We've said this already, but Ephesians 4, verse 29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearers, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Uh, that, the Bible says, let no corrupt communication, the, the word corrupt literally means bad, rotten, <laughs> that which is uh, not purified, it's putrid in, that, in all that it is. When the Bible says, grieve not the Holy Spirit, we're talking about don't cause the pain or the sorrow to be given to that of the Holy Spirit. We're not only hurting ourselves, but we're hurting God who lives in us. God's enabling ability. Uh, God's uh, um, uh, chastening love. Uh, all that becomes, and the blessings which come as a result of the Christian life are no longer on the forefront because what we're saying is God... I, I, I'm not going to live in truth. I'm going to live in this lie. So, 
Are we a person of integrity? Um, there was a salesman who was tempted to do something unethical, and someone suggested no one will ever know. And his response uh, uh, was one of integrity. He said, yes, but I will know. And that's, that's really the thing about it, is if we can have such an attitude to be able to say, I know that which isn't right. It's not about what everyone won't know, but I know that which is dishonest. And someone once said, integrity is living every moment in the presence of, God, uh, of a God of integrity. Integrity is living every moment in the presence of a God of integrity. Uh, another person said, integrity is a long-term building project built over a lifetime and broken down in a moment. No one can take your integrity, but you can give it up. And oh, how true that is. So how do we defeat the sin of lying? Let's turn together just a couple final passages here together. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. How do we defeat this sin of lying? Ephesians 4 in verse number 20. The Word of God tells us from verse 20 through 25, But ye have not so learned Christ, if so be that ye have heard him, and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus. A good phrase to mark in your Bible. That ye put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. Again, when man go, lives life without the Holy Spirit's power and working through them, we will always retract to our sin nature. And that includes the area of lying. Verse 23, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that ye put on the new man, which is after God, uh, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away, notice, lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor. For we are members one of another. Put it away. <laughs> put off the old man, put on the new man. The old man, the sin nature, will always retract back to that. Put on the new man. Uh, what, what is it that we should be trusting God, praying to God to help us to do, to keep us from the sin of lying? Well, pray that God would help us to have that power over the tongue. We've said it already. Galatians 5, the Bible says, This I say, then walk in the Spirit. We read in Galatians of those fruits of the Spirit. We can pray not just for power over the tongue, but pray for a tender conscience. Uh, in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 7, the Bible says, uh, uh, today, after so long a time, as it is said, today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Don't let your heart become hardened uh, to that which you want over that which is truth. Strive to be genuine in everything you say and do. In James 3 and verse 7, the Bible says, But the wisdom that is from above is first, listen, pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. James chapter 3, verse 17. Without partiality and without hypocrisy. Are you genuine in everything you say and do? Do people know you to be a person of truth that speaks truth? Or are you known to kind of twist the truth? Or are you known to kind of take that which is not truth and be a carrier of it as a result than a gossiper? Uh, are you maybe um, that individual who's maybe more starting fires of untruth in different areas uh, and causing others to not live in the truth? You know, uh, the Bible tells us the power of the tongue, no man can tame. We can either hurt uh, or help individuals with just the words which we say. And um, that which we say about others to their face, 
behind their back. Are they truth? Are they truth? Lord, I pray that you'd help us to be believers that are seeking to live in truth. Lord, as you 